from the carol app for mums this is the mum debrief podcast with your host holly zocheran mum of two and the founder of the carol app the free mobile app connecting and supporting mums throughout their motherhood journey through community and hand-picked expert-led content the mum debrief is a podcast where we talk all things motherhood from the good the bad and the tantrums Join us as we welcome expert guests to talk all things pregnancy to postpartum and beyond and discuss our own experiences to help make your motherhood journey a little bit easier. We are so happy to have you here. Let's get into it. This episode is brought to you by Beauty Pie the beauty brand aiming to provide consumers with high-end, hard-working products without the hefty price tag. Beauty Pie is an absolute go-to for affordable luxury skin products that work. Some of my favourite products include the Japan Fusion Cleanser and the Healthy Skin Moisturiser. Both are an absolute staple in my skincare routine and help to keep my skin looking youthful, glowy and hydrated. The Carol Up community has an exclusive discount of three months free membership where you get 70% off full price luxury skincare and beauty products. And trust me when I say their products are incredible. Go to www.beautypie.com forward slash BP forward slash promotions forward slash the dash carol dash app to get your exclusive discount today. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Mum Debrief. We have a very exciting episode today. I'm speaking with Amy Housen, who is a mum of two, sleep consultant and functional health coach. And we're talking all things baby sleep. Amy helps families with their little one's sleep as well as helping parents with their own health and wellness too. Amy creates sleep guides for parents to instantly download for each stage of your little one's sleep. We know how important it is to try and get sleep on track and I really suggest checking Amy's workout. You can follow her on Instagram at Amy House and Sleep. And in this episode, we dive into all things baby sleep from the sleep regressions, dropping naps, and tips for getting into routine with your little one. Enjoy. So let's start with a sleep routine for babies and little ones. How important would you say is establishing a sleep routine for babies? And what would you say the key components of a successful routine look like? So routines, they actually work well for the majorities of family of majority of families that I work with. Um, they create predictability, obviously, um, security for the babies, but also I find that they work really well for parents. Um, so personally, I get to know the baby or child really well before I delve into their personality and temperament. Um, and then I like to suggest timings rather than sort of awake windows from about four or five months. Personally, because I find that parents find it much easier as well to work from timings. It removes a lot of the nap anxiety um, that they can feel. Is it too early? Is it too late to try and get this nap? Um, so really a good routine, I guess, would be well-timed and spaced um, naps throughout the day. Um, something I see really often is if a day is really morning nap heavy, um, then later on in the day, you might get a bit of overtiredness creeping in because they've had that good solid chunk of sleep earlier in the day. Um, and it can lead to a shorter nap later on and then overtired by bedtime, something which I think is actually blamed all the time in the sleep world is being overtired. Um, but obviously within the rest of the routine as well, you'd obviously have feeds or food um, around the naps. But most importantly, I always say the first step to a good routine is waking at the same time every day, going to bed roughly the same time every day too, to really anchor their body clock. Mm -hmm. So would you suggest, say, if your baby 
it's I don't know six months old and they've started sleeping in a little bit longer in the morning would you still suggest waking them up I would I normally say to parents pick a pick an awake time an appropriate mm-hmm. wake time something that you're comfortable that is achievable to do seven days of the week so that might be seven o'clock that might be mm-hmm. seven thirty I usually say somewhere between um six and seven thirty is appropriate um for the majority of families um and I wouldn't really expect little ones to sleep in much longer than or later than that um, but it has to be something yet yeah, that you can that is achievable seven days of the week so absolutely wake them if if they are sleeping in longer than that to just protect the next naps and the bedtimes yeah no that makes perfect sense absolutely um I think it can be quite you know you you could be quite enjoying your morning and having your coffee and think oh I'll just leave them asleep but yep. yeah mm-hmm. I think I agree with the sleep wake cycle and kind of yep. getting them into that routine well, I think as well, sometimes they can sleep in much longer. So you might have, say, a six o'clock wake one morning, could be 8 a.m. the next day. That two hours is quite a big difference and it mm-hmm. disrupts their whole body clock, really. So it's really important to anchor their day. That's the, the number one thing that I normally say to parents, make sure you wake them at the same time every day if they're not already awake by that time. And what kind of age would you suggest starting to implement that? So I tend to say, obviously, the newborn days, this doesn't sort of apply to that Mm -hmm. but as soon as you're ready to start working on sleep getting that morning wake time to really anchor the day is really important so I would say probably about some somewhere about three or four months you can really start to work on that Um, and then beyond that you can probably about four or five months I start to introduce the timings for everything else so the naps and and the feeds and the food and that sort of time to really structure your day probably from about four or five months Amazing. And I think that leads perfectly on to this form and sleep regression. Oh, gosh. It's so a question have... that we get sent so much and it's so hard to, obviously every baby's so different and the regression can happen at different times, different stages. Um, but yeah, could you give us some insight into how parents could address the common sleep regressions? Okay. So for me, I only feel that there is only the four month sleep regression I think that um, obviously regressions sound like you're taking a step back with sleep. I often think of the four month sleep regression as a progression. It's a natural biological progression in a baby's sleep. It's a really good sign that their sleep is progressing to become more like adults. Um, After that point though, I would say anything else isn't a regression as such. It's something else going on. So it could be something that's waking them overnight. It could be something like teething or illness creeping in, could be something waking them, um, you know, a bird outside at four o'clock every morning or something like that there's quite often something that you can pinpoint a developmental milestone that is often responsible for any changes in sleep after the four month point amazing yeah I know with my first we had it so bad and it was like he had a dummy as well and it was like it kind of coincided with him waking up the dummy falling out having to get up every hour and deal with it and it's exhausting (laughs) absolutely but I always say anyway with sleep sleep is always going to go off track um Mm -hmm. there's always going to be things that crop up along the way but just keep consistent really that's that's the best thing you can do um and as I say go back to basics wake them at the same time every day get them on a really good um sort of sleep schedule and make sure that you're using all the small wins so getting them outside for that daylight exposure is really important for their body clock fresh air practicing those milestones to really help come over any um of those um developmental um 
milestones that they reach as well can really help try and prevent them doing it at night time and just practice as much during the daytime but it is a really tough particularly the four-month period is a really tough one um I actually have so many clients that say they've slept so well we've hit four months and it's all gone out the Mm -hmm. window um but it's just committing really to a structure but a little bit more of a structure it doesn't have to be rigid you know I I never say you're going to be chained to the house with naps and all of that but it's just creating some stability and Mm -hmm. some consistency for them really benefits um their sleep yeah absolutely and I agree with the fresh air I think if we've been outside a lot with the kids they sleep so much better definitely I always say as well, for a child that's really fussy, either run them a bath or take them outside. Either one of those is going to sort them out nine out of 10 times. Yeah, I think, yeah, I totally agree with you. I don't know what it is. It's just (laughs) the cold air or what. Yeah, exactly. Um, And in terms of things like teething or illness and developmental milestones, how can parents handle the sleep disruptions that come with things like that? So with the developmental milestones, I would say, um, as I said, lots of opportunities to practice during the daytime. So hopefully they're not using it, using the nighttime to practice. Obviously, with illness or teething, they might need extra comfort, which is absolutely fine. You can get back on track after that period. Um, If they're poorly, for example, um, quite often I say to parents, absolutely fine if you need to sleep in the same room as them. You're not creating bad habits. I don't believe in any of that. You can always get back to where you want to be. Um, but sometimes if you ha- if you are able to moving into their room with them rather than bringing them into your room can be a slightly easier way to kind of get back to where you were before. Um, with teething, I usually say it's only really two or three nights that they're going to be suffering just whilst the tooth is actually cutting through the gum. Anything longer than that is more likely to be something else going on. Um, I mean, some obviously sell straight through teething or illnesses and some seem to struggle a little more with it. Um, it's just remaining consistent, really, and just knowing that you can get back to where you were before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of, you said, going back into the into the baby's room as opposed to bringing them in with you, what are your thoughts on getting baby out of the cot, rocking them to sleep, you soothing them as opposed to self-soothing? What do you think about that? So I personally use really gentle, supportive, hands-on methods. I don't believe in the Berber cry out methods. That mm-hmm. isn't personally what I agree with. And to be honest, a lot of parents find it quite a difficult concept yeah. to, to use as well. Um, for me, what I would say is absolutely fine if they're poorly, if they're teething, if you know there's something else going on, absolutely set them as, as much as needed. Um, when it comes to setting them on any other day, I would say try and for example if you've been feeding to sleep but they're waking all night needing that feed you can just try you can feed them that's absolutely fine but try just leaving 10 minutes before you pop them down awake rather than feeding them to sleep so that being the last thing they remember and overnight I always say there's always something that works to soothe them so I try and keep them in the cot as much as possible Mm -hmm. Um, I find the majority of babies find it much easier you always have that tricky transition of trying to put them down once they're asleep then which quite often can wake them again and you're back to square one Um, so absolutely fine if you do need to pick them up to soothe them but try and keep them in the cot say if you can and just layer on lots of different levels of support so that could be shushing patting a forehead tickle just something there will be something that will be able to soothe them within their sleep space you can do absolutely anything but I would just prioritize if you really want to work on sleep prioritize keeping them in their sleep space as much as possible amazing yeah that's super helpful because I think 
I definitely agree with the cry out. It just doesn't feel right for me either. I think, yeah. I don't know what it is, the instinct. You just can't. I know. It kind of against everything, doesn't it? Yeah, totally. And um, I, yes. I think, well, it does actually, I, I see, do see clients that have tried that method. I mean, it works fine for some. And if parents mm-hmm. are comfortable doing that, absolutely fine. But I do have clients that come to me and say, we've tried it. It worked for a couple of weeks and they've gone back to needing some extra support. And that's fine, particularly if they're younger. That's absolutely fine if they need you in the room for that period of time. We can work on removing that. But just um, having you in the room can be enough to settle a child um, quite often as well. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of kind of if you're trying to soothe a fussy baby or if, you know, your baby's going through a particularly fussy stage, are there any kind of natural remedies or techniques? You mentioned patting and rocking and things like that. Is there anything else you would suggest to help with that? Probably within the daytime, I would recommend using a sling, obviously. That's a really good way to also have your hands free as well so that you can get on and do things too. Um, winding them really well after feeds can make a huge difference like we said earlier a warm bath um, can be a really great way um, to calm them down Um, fresh air as we said again another great way to calm them down baby massage too is really calming skin to skin in those early days again is really nice and soothing for them but obviously white noise as well that's really soothing um, to help a lot of babies settle as well so it's a really nice way to create a nice soothing environment Um, Something that um, a natural remedy, I guess, for sleep would probably be something that I'm sure all my clients laugh at me for when I tell them this, but it's something I personally call mind, body and soul time. It's 10 or 15 minutes, no phones, no distractions, really connecting and having really lovely, happy moments. So it could be things like blowing raspberries on their tummy, tickling, that sort of thing to get lots of giggles, particularly in the lead up to bedtime or a nap time. It can really help fill up their happiness tank to make them feel really secure in attachment too. Um, I always say, don't knock it so you've tried it. it can I love it that. In their mood and how they go to then how they then go to sleep as well and then how they settle um so it can make a huge difference it just seems to get all their happy hormones going so they feel really secure and attached and that can be really good in the lead up to bedtime so that's probably the most natural remedy I can suggest is lots of sort of bonding time I love that and I suppose yeah then they're going to bed feeling really secure and happy and yeah their cup's full so exactly I love that I'm gonna I'm gonna use that yeah. <laughs> that's a good toddlers tip as well toddlers quite often do it if they are calling you back into their room they're needing 10 drinks you know three trips oh to the yeah that sort of thing it can really help eliminate that as well because they've had that time with you they're not just trying to get those extra few minutes with you they've had that time where you've had that dedicated time together and it can be really hard especially if you've got more than one child obviously it can be really hard to have that time where you have just got one-on-one time um, but it can work wonders yeah, no, that's, I was going to mention white noise as well, because there's a lot of conversation around swaddling and white noise really helping with sleep. Do you agree with that? What your I do. So white noise has actually been proven to support deeper sleep. So I always recommend it to clients. It's an, what I call an easy win. It's something you can try. It's not going to do any harm. In fact, for the majority, it actually does work wonders. Um, but it also blocks external sounds, external distractions. So for naps during the daytime when they're over six months, perhaps, and they're up in their nursery napping, it can mean that you're downstairs, you can use the hoover and they can't, you know, they can't hear it, that sort of thing. But equally in the evening as well, um, quite often a really common time for little ones to wake is probably somewhere about 10 or 11 o'clock, just as parents are going to bed. So having that white noise on can really help eliminate any external distractions for them. 
Um, and swaddling, like you said as well, swaddling is great, obviously, for newborns to help with their moro reflex. Yeah, I fully advocate for that. Um, but obviously, just remove it by four months or if they're showing signs of being able to roll um, for safety. But yeah. yeah, white noise and swaddling are the first sort of things within the newborn months that I always recommend. Amazing. Yeah, we've used white noise the whole, well for both of our children and it was a well I, we didn't know anything other than that so absolutely yeah I mean I'm so glad that it's so well known because it can like I say it does support deeper sleep um, and it is just a really calming soothing sound for little ones yeah absolutely we actually loved it <laughs> so I know that <laughs> to parents as well they say well in our room you know we're going to use it when they go in into their own room and I'll say no use it in yours as well you'll probably sleep better as well yeah well we had it with our daughter we had it and our son actually in our room and they were both born and then when we took them out of the room with the white noise we were like what no yeah, <laughs> absolutely and, and I do get always get the question what are they always going to need to sleep with white noise but that's not the case you can just slowly over a few nights reduce the volume of it before you remove it um, but yeah it's a really good way um, to help little ones soothe Mm -hmm. absolutely what are your thoughts on room sharing so we have a few of our friends suggested we did it actually we've uh, we have a three-year-old and a nine-month-old and when we took her out of our room we actually put her straight in with us toddler and we think I don't know they both seem to sleep really well together I don't know whether they can sense each other there or what it is what are your thoughts on room sharing with different age children I think it can work really well, like it has for you. Um, for some, it doesn't always work quite so well, mm -hmm. um, in which case I would always say settle the fussiest child first. So the one that really struggles to go to sleep, settle them first. So that then when the child that finds going to sleep slightly easier, they haven't got that distraction of the other child going on first. Yeah. Um, if it works, absolutely fine. I always say with sleep, if something is working, it's absolutely fine. There, there's no right or wrong with it. If something is working for you, brilliant, keep going with it. If you find that it's not working, perhaps reassess and see if there is another way. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah, we we were kind of a bit dubious as to whether it would work because you just don't know, do you? Yeah, you have to try everything. You know, that's, that's what we do as parents. We just give everything a shot, don't we, and see what happens. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. And the final question that we want to talk about is how do you know when your child is ready to transition from three naps to two naps to one nap? Can you please talk us through that? Absolutely. So there'll probably be things that start to happen um, around their day. So it could be that they are refusing a nap that they previously used to do really well. Um, they're not going down as easily for it. Um, it's taking them much longer to fall asleep. Um, it could be much shorter in duration, but it isn't just necessarily for the nap that is going to be eliminated very soon it could be for the it could be that you're getting these issues with the following nap so for example if they're ready to drop their morning nap you might find their lunchtime nap becomes harder to achieve equally it could be that their lunchtime nap needs reducing um and you're finding bedtime is then becoming harder mm -hmm. yeah that's really helpful because our daughter's nine months and we she still has three naps yeah i feel like she might be ready to start dropping one and you'll probably find as well that it might not be every day that you're struggling to get it. It could just be every other day, for example, or every few. That's just kind of an early indication that you are on the cusp of possibly needing to adjust it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, their sleep needs are always changing. So we yeah. always have to adapt and just reassess within a 24-hour period, really. And which nap tends to go first? So it'll be the afternoon nap that goes okay. first, um, followed then by the morning nap probably reducing in length and then you'll just be left with the lunchtime nap ideally 
that's super helpful I definitely need to get on yeah kind of assessing you can start to reduce it slowly so you can just drop it by five or ten minutes and see how you get on as well it doesn't need to be just an all or nothing approach do you think waking up in the night is a sign that maybe one of the naps needs to be dropped yeah generally speaking I think that yes as soon as there's an issue with with overnight sleep start to look at the 24-hour period of sleep it could be that their sleep needs have changed and we need to adjust their naps to reflect it obviously we don't want their nighttime sleep being the one that compensates for their sleep needs dropping Um, we want to do that within the daytime naps Mm -hmm. yeah that was so so helpful and do you have any final advice for parents who are maybe struggling with baby sleep their yeah going through the regression or maybe there's a lot of fussiness going on what would your final tips be um so obviously I always say as well when it comes to sleeping through the night for example it obviously looks very different to different ages different families but I always say pick your route and stick to it and Mm -hmm. by that I mean whichever route you're going to go down whichever path you choose when it comes to sleep or settling or self-soothing just be comfortable and confident when you do it and then stick with it because it can obviously become quite difficult if you're always changing your response to your little one so perhaps you're sometimes setting them in their cot sometimes you bring them in with you just a little bit of consistency can be a really good way to start to try and make everything a lot more um, easier all round, really. That's probably something I would always say to someone that's struggling to get their little one to sleep overnight. Amazing. That's such good advice, Amy, I think. Well, yeah, it's definitely one of the most popular topics to talk about is baby sleep because we're all going through it. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's really quite controversial as well. Honestly, yeah. the- There's so many different opinions. And as I say, you just have to pick something that's right for your family. You cannot listen to all the noise that, you know, there's so many different opinions on it. It's something that's really personal. and You just have to choose something that aligns with with how you feel, really. Amazing. Yeah, totally, totally agree. And every every baby's different. So what worked for your first might be different for your second. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for this. It's been so helpful. Can you tell everybody where they can find you? Tell us your Instagram, your website. Yes, so my website is amyhausen.com. Um, I'm on Instagram as well, Amy Housen Sleep, um, and on Facebook. So you can find me there. I share lots of sleep tips and health and wellness tips for parents as well on my Instagram page. So yeah, you can find me there. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Holly.